Well, there you are. Hi, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we got a lot to talk about tonight, a lot. I just got an email from an employee of SAFE, that's the State Accident and Insurance Fund. And apparently they are now being told they have to be vaxxed. Um, and uh, some of those employees are very, very upset. We're going to be talking tonight. Uh, we'll have Bill London on in a few minutes here to do the news. We're also going to be talking to a gentleman out of uh, uh, Southern Oregon who is uh, kind of working with us on getting information out on the state is working on a, a uh, virtual. It would be on your phone, and he'll explain this to us, but it's a little vax passport that you would have to use in businesses, or I guess, we don't know who, but whoever wants to use it, you would have to show the barcode and then a driver's license so that that would add up and before you could get into certain places. And that's not making a lot of Oregonians happy. There's a bunch of people out there saying this is not real, but it is. Um, and it's the comment period is over tomorrow. So nobody hardly knew about this and it just surfaced and the comment period is through tomorrow. So we're going to give you who to talk to. We're going to tell you more about this whole thing. Um, I want to thank Buck Sanitary Service for sponsoring our show tonight. Um, I know, you know, if you get to a Bucks, if you get to a toilet, an outdoor toilet, and it's not a Bucks, go. But if you're having a party or a wedding or it's things like that, if you would support our sponsors, that really helps us and it helps them. They also have uh, showers that they provide for the homeless and also weddings. So you can have showers, really nice restrooms that they just truck in for you. Also, Chris Dental Family Dentistry sponsors our shows. He sponsors our news block every single night. And uh, if you're looking for a dentist who believes that you have the right to privacy on your medical history, uh, this is the guy for you. He doesn't check your VAC status. He doesn't check how you vote. Um, he just cares about your dental health. Uh, just like, remember, remember how that used to be? Remember a long, like a long time ago, like two years ago, when people didn't judge you on your VAC status or what you believed or how you voted? Yeah, that was the old Oregon. And now welcome to the new Oregon. Let's bring Bill on and talk about what's going on. Hey, Billy, what's going on around the country today? We want to know. From the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM studios, I'm Bill London, and I'm full of ham. Here's a look at some of the stories we're following. Oh, go figure. There's a new COVID variant, and the world is losing its freaking collective mind. As soon as the announcement was made Thursday of this new variant of concern, nations around the world, including the U.S. and the United Kingdom, immediately banned travel from South Africa and surrounding African countries where this new variant was found. World markets tanked on Friday. The price of oil sank to new lows. And while the world goes into full freakout mode, the South African doctor who was the first to suspect a different coronavirus strain among patients said in a lengthy interview in, on Sunday, which has gone almost completely unreported, that the symptoms of Omicron were so far very mild and easily treated at home. Now, this was reported by Reuters, and you can find it if you really look hard for it, but very few of the major news outlets have had anything about this. 
Now, the doctor who discovered it, Dr. Angelique Coetzee, is a private practitioner and also happens to be the chair of the South African Medical Association. She told Reuters on Sunday that she noticed seven patients in one day at her clinic who had symptoms that were very different from the dominant COVID variant and she called them very mild. She said that the first patient on November 18th reported at her clinic and was talking about being fatigued for two days with an achy body and a little bit of a headache. The symptoms, in her words, at that stage were very much related to what she called a normal viral infection. But because she hadn't seen any COVID cases for eight to 10 weeks, she just decided to run a test. And it turned out, yes, it was COVID. And the patient's family also turned out to have the same infection with the same symptoms. She said, well, she realized at that point that in her words, something else was going on. Since then, she's been seeing about two to three patients every day with this new Omicron virus. And she says it totally doesn't fit the typical COVID picture. Most of them have very, very mild symptoms in her words, and none of them so far had been admitted to any hospitals. She said we're able to treat these patients very easily at home. She also said, and by the way, she's also on the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines in South Africa, that unlike the Delta variant, Patients have reported no loss of smell or taste. There have been no major drops in oxygen levels with the new variant. And she says over half the patients that have come down with Omicron were already vaccinated. In other words, what we're losing our minds about is a common cold. An extended deadline for state employees to get vaccinated is now less than 24 hours away. Tomorrow is the final day for about 38,000 state employees, volunteers, and contractors to be fully inoculated. That was negotiated by the unions representing some of those workers or granted by the state. At last count, about 10% of the workers directly in Oregon's prison system were not vaxxed. And at last count, a number of other departments were highly unvaccinated. For instance, 34% were unvaccinated in the Department of Agriculture and Department of Forestry, 33% unvaccinated uh, in the entire Department of Corrections. Oroville is in Northern California. It's declared itself a constitutional republic, apparently to avoid complying with federal and state COVID rules. Their declaration that was passed by the city council states that any executive orders from the state of California or the federal government, which are, quote, overreaching or, quote, clearly violate constitutionally protected rights, will not be enforced by the city. The Oregon Health Authority is offering to pay pharmacies 35 bucks for every dose of COVID vaccines that they deliver. They say they want to boost vaccination rates, which right now are about 79% for folks 18 or older in Oregon. In addition, the program directly addresses staffing shortages at pharmacies that have resulted in long lines around the state. Customers have reported spending two to three hours in line to pick up their prescriptions. 
I'm raising my hand. The state is offering to pay temporary pharmacists to bolster the workforces. However, that temporary staffing program is only available to independent pharmacies, not corporate-owned pharmacies. And why are we seeing all these shortages and why the long lane lines? Well, that's exacerbated in part by more than 35 Barmart pharmacies closing their doors and limited reimbursements that pharmacies receive for what is known as pharmacy benefit managers. The reimbursements are so low they can't afford to hire on extra pharmacists who, and reasonably so, are pretty darn well paid. A recent poll shows that nine out of the 10 most popular governors in the U.S. are surprisingly Republicans, while President Biden's approval rating is lower than the country's least popular governor. And we'll tell you who that is in a second. Vermont Republican Phil Scott is the most popular governor in America and holds a 71% approval rating, according to a recent morning consult poll of states. And it shows that Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont is the only Democrat to register in the top 10. The list of governors in order of popularity in order from 1 to 10 includes Scott, also Charlie Baker of Massachusetts, Larry Hoagland of Maryland, Chris Sununu of New Hampshire, Mark Gordon of Wyoming, Jim Justice of West Virginia, Lamont as we already mentioned, Kay Ivey of Alabama, Mike DeWine of Ohio, and Spencer Cox of Utah. Rounding out the bottom, starting with the least popular governor first, the 50th, if you will, at number 50, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon. At number 49, Doug Ducey, a Republican in Arizona, and Democrat David Igg of Hawaii. That's right. Once again, we're number last. We're number last. It's interesting to note, though, that Brown's last place approval rating of 43% was seven points higher than Biden's approval rating in a recent Quinnipiac poll. And I'm wondering if Governor Brown is saying, hmm, I was able to knock off a governor. Maybe I can knock off a sitting president. As Oregon prepares to take in 1,200 Afghan refugees in the next 12 months, state lawmakers are asking the legislature's emergency board for $18 million to expand services and capacity, in particular housing, case management, legal services, and more for newly arrived Afghans. There is no firm timeline on when that emergency board might actually meet to consider the request. And that is your news tonight, brought to you by... Dr. Michael Bratton of Chris Dental. You need to see their space age toothbrushes that they sell. They're sweet. Anyway, that said, let's get on to a big, fat, steaming pile of reality with Rick. Now I'm a steaming pile. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time that I've heard that. And uh, yeah, Dr. Bratlin. He's working on my crown. I got a temporary. It broke the other night when I was eating peanuts. I was in the next day. And then uh, I go in Thursday to get the real crown put on. That's been one week, only one week. I kept checking to think, gosh, maybe this is longer than that. So anyway, um, yeah, Bill, you opened a whole can of worms. And to help bring those worms out of the can, I'm going to go to Scott. Scott, there you are, buddy. How are you doing? Hello, sir. I'm a little hey. depressed after listening to Bill. 
I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's amazing where we live. So, oh, Scott, can introduce yourself and tell people who you are? Because you are from Southern Oregon, but you have a Southern accent. I just want to yeah. have people to understand. Not everybody in Southern Oregon talks like you. <laughs> no, no. no uh, in Jackson County, Southern Oregon, uh, Medford, originally from North Carolina, though. I'm involved with the Republican Party down here. I'm the PCP coordinator, which basically means I'm the recruiter. Um, in fact, uh, waiting for our meeting to start here in about 30 minutes, but we've got a lot of activity going here in the community, and we've been involved with these law classes. Um, last time I was on here, we talked about the affidavits, which, by the way, we had success with for the state educators and not so much the healthcare workers, but the, um, the state Oregon Department of Transportation and some of the educators had success um, keeping their jobs, so that was good. But you, I'm putting the numbers up here because people are already asking for them. These are the numbers of the people you need to write. Um, and you guys can copy and paste them right off of the comment section there. Um, but Scott, tell people what I had this broke. We just actually, I've been looking for this information because I've been hearing people talk about Oregon was looking at a passport system for vaccinations. And I couldn't find it. And that night on the show, one of our legislators was on and she mentioned this and I was stunned. But people still think this is like bullshit. They don't believe that it's real. It's real. <laughs> it is bullshit, but it is real. <laughs> it's, like, it's both. Um, so let me see if I can. It's a little tricky here because uh, the methodology they're using is called a consensus based approach. Um, and for those of you that are not familiar with the consensus based approach, it's an administrative approach. Um, you can go to OregonConsensus.org, and you can look up on that website. You can see what the consensus programs are doing. They're run out of Portland State University. But consensus looks at the idea of stakeholders. And I've heard this term a lot lately. Stakeholders are simply the people that are affected by the um, choices and by the policies of particular organizations. Great, which means everybody. And then what you do is from there, you get drawn into the International Standards Organization and you get there's a whole standard on social responsibility and, you know, equitable distribution. And it's it's the new world order. It is socialism. It is the United Nations and the one world government. I mean, we thought it was a conspiracy theory for all this time, but now we're starting to see it. So once you understand that, what they're doing is is these these passports, they, they're a predetermined outcome. Actually, a lot of the things that Oregon does is a predetermined outcome. And so they roll it out and they put some feelers out here and they go, yeah, we need some public feedback, but they only talk to the local organizations that support them. And so they're not actually getting public feedback. They're getting specific feedback from specific organizations. And then they fulfilled their duty and they pass this thing on. Um, and then all of a sudden it becomes law. And what you're showing there. Uh, if you go back to the first page, it's a four, a six page document. And this came out on November 17. And we found out about this last week. I was like, what are they doing? And if you will scroll, let's see, scroll down to, let's see, it's the last note, the fifth page where it has the project timeline on it. You can see they're already, they started in September. They just notified us. And people November are just 17. And, I, and they just brought this to the legislative committee huh. last huh. A week and a half ago. Huh. Um, so where has all that been happening behind closed doors? Wasn't Governor Brown the one who said we were going to have a, a transparent government from here on yeah. out when she took office? I think that was uh, the first time or maybe when she was secretary of state and won. But this is obviously not very transparent when people have known 
nothing or little about this. And you to find this on their website, you got to know what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Friday, it comes right? down to even with all of this that's going on, we the people have to take responsibility because we let it get this far. You know, right. I loathe politics. I have no interest in being involved because the whole thing is just scummy, in my opinion. However, the people that are in politics are pushing these things through and making these decisions for us. So average people like us have to get involved and we have to get going even on our local community. One of the things we can do is we can get on advisory boards. We can get on um, any sort of the county or city boards. We just need mainstream common sense voices that really just want to go live their lives. But now the government's trying to take over. So we got to get involved again. And so that's what we got to do. So, Scott, this passport would be something, as you understand it, you were telling me earlier, it'd be on your phone, like a, a yeah. barcode, like it well, showed there earlier. Yeah, page Explain two. Yeah, you can look at page two. Okay, hold on. Let me go back. And yeah, and so there's the QR code. And right above the QR code, it says state of Washington. So they're pulling this right out of Washington, showing you that it's going to, it'll document, you know, you'll, you'll show your phone. It'll have your QR code. They can scan it. It'll show the dates of your shots and it'll verify your ID and then they'll check your ID. This is already happening in San Francisco. They won't serve you food. They won't let you in clubs or uh, entertainment in, uh, venues, you know, and I think grocery stores are coming next. So what we can do about it, here's the trick, right? It's easy to get lost, but what we can do about it is right now, as of tomorrow, there's a, a opportunity, it's a deadline actually for public input. Public input is where we the people can actually slow this thing down. We're not gonna be able to stop it right yet, but we can slow it down. And all of these emails that you have put up there, we need to email all of these people, but there's a good, better, and best way to email people. The not best way, let me just say the good way, is the emotion. Oh, you, you know, you commies and can't believe you're taking us over and you're killing our constitution, right? That's all emotion. And that's good and well, but that's not going to get our point across. The best way to go about it is if we hit them with constitutional information and we hit them with Oregon statutes that they have violated. They violated quite a few. So let me start with just number one. Number one is Oregon statute 192.620. And it says, it's very short. It's about two sentences long. And it says the Oregon form of government, which is Republican, requires an informed public aware of the deliberations and decisions of governing bodies and the information on which such decisions were made. And these decisions must be arrived at openly. So already they have violated 192.620. And so in our response, we can say something to the effect of, hey, you did not follow the policy as outlined in Oregon law where you have to have an informed public because we just now found out about this. Right. That's the first thing we do. The second thing we can do is we can cover um, the constitutional issues. The major ones are the, the right to travel, the freedom to travel, travel freely, whatever you want to call it. The Supreme Court has upheld the right to freely travel since the very beginning. And these passports potentially inhibit my freedom to travel across borders, to travel into businesses, to travel into homes. The second constitutional issue is uh, privacy. There's a longstanding constitutional right, constitutional freedom of privacy, not to mention medical privacy. I don't have to tell you everything about my life. And there's certain things about my life that I want to keep to myself and I don't have to violate those. Those have been long, long held. 
So those are three major talking points we can use. Those are the best approaches. When we write something, we can say, hey, you break in the statute and you don't have to tell them which statute. Let them do the work. Let them right. look it up. Right. But you break in the policy statute because we, you know, the Oregon requires an informed public and decisions have to be arrived at openly, which you failed. At, excuse me, which you failed at. You're encroaching upon my freedom to travel and my right to privacy and medical privacy. And that's what I really encourage people to do when they send these emails in and send as many emails in as you can before tomorrow. So, Scott, would you um, go back when you're done and write those little points just in the comment section so people can just copy and paste that and stick it on their email? Yeah. What, the comment section on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. I'm banned from Facebook twice now. So that's a, <laughs> I'll find a way. Okay. Or send I'll find it a way. Me, send it to me and I will push it on there. Just okay. Send it I could do email. that. <laughs> you, yeah. You're a bad, bad man. I am. So, it's First, thanks for thanks for finding this out there. And yeah. I mean, you're not the only one. I know a lot of people have, but you really pushed out people on my page. I want to thank all of you because they shared it 600 times. Awesome. And that was that was as of three o'clock today. So it's still going out there. So share this to your friends and people. It is real. Um, it's unbelievable, <laughs> but it's real. And um, Oregon, this is not how Oregon operates. This is not the way we do life. Um, I already lost. There's somebody looking at my house uh, from another state. They spent another week here. They came, looked at my house, looked around. And then the, one of the reasons they're not buying my house is because they decided that Oregon was too masked up and they didn't want to live here. And you're like, Crazy. it is going to affect our economy here, people, yeah, yeah. Um, because people are not going to, if they're living in other states where they don't have to do this bullshit, they are not going to come travel no, to Oregon no. to visit yeah. for that kind of thing. So give me the emails again. If you go back, Barb, they're on there. You can just pull them, copy and paste them right off the page. And there's um, others like the Oregon Health Authority. Just email anybody and everybody that you can. I'll leave and, you with a quick. It's just put all those names in the same email yeah, yeah. and and just yeah. put your copy in there and just blast yeah. it off to all of them. Don't make this difficult on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Write one letter and then send it. If some of you are good writers and you're making it really congenial, you know, kind and all that, send no. it to your friends and say, send this out. Yeah. It doesn't have, you know, one or two paragraphs. And this is not about being polite. This is about being direct. We don't have to be mean, but we can be direct. And I'll right. leave you with a quick positive note. Um, there's a lot of us, you know, and myself connecting with you, Rick, is, is one of them. There's a lot of us groups out here that are finally starting to get connected. And we're starting to be able to disseminate information through these networks. And that's one right. of the ways this went out. And it went out big time across the state. So these are the things, as we get more and more connected, we'll be able to get more and more stuff out so that we, the people, can get involved and start to slow this thing down. Scott, what's your last name they want to know? Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N. If you'll check out jcrpcc.com, the affidavit classes, we're covering this. Well, they're law classes now. We switched from the affidavits. We covered this. J-C-R-P-R-C. J-C-R-P-C-C.com. And the law classes, if you'll go there, click on that. The latest one from last weekend we covered this entire subject for two hours. We have an ongoing weekly class where we keep up with this and we put it online so you guys can keep up with us too. Okay. Scott Morgan, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate on you, Rick. Thanks for all, all right. you do. You too, buddy. Let us know. We're fighting. Okay, guys. So the other thing I learned today, and we might be talking to someone from the legislature tomorrow, 
Um, let me look here for my notes. Um, there's also a House bill where they're looking at prohibiting medical providers from getting approval from parents if your kids are 17 to 21, um, where you wouldn't have to get, they wouldn't have to get approval from their parents um, for shots, for the shot. And there was another one that you guys are going to want to know about, but you know what we will do? Um, oh, adding mandatory uh, COVID shots to the vaccine list is another one. There's another bill in there that's just quietly being surfaced around there. Uh, and, uh, and people are talking about it. So anyway, that's what you need to know. Now we're going to switch gears in a big way. Um, I got a great, uh, somebody who watches our page all the time, very nice woman, uh, writes me and says, this friend of ours, her son, Tucker Wetmore is like this country music singer. So I'm like, yeah, everybody's a country music singer. So I'm like, okay, send me something. So I know, and this dude is so good. Tucker, you are amazing. And I really like what you do. Um, it, how are you doing, man? Are you, oh, hold on. Your mic's off. Is that better? Can you hear me? That's, ah, that's way better. Cool. I ain't good with this technology stuff, but. but well, you're, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. So Tucker, you're, you're a Washingtonian, but you sound like you've been in the South for a bit. Yeah, I, um, I get that a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I just talk a little slow, so maybe that's, that's it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I um, I, I'm living down in Tennessee now, down in Nashville. So I, maybe, maybe it's gotten to me a little bit hanging out with my buddies. So the story goes that you were like a football player or something at Washington. Tell me, kind of tell me what the story is. And can you do you have that light on you now? Oh, I can put it on. Yeah, put that light on you. I want them to see your face. There you go. There's handsome dude. You gotta, you gotta get those, get those people, those, those fans looking at you. Absolutely. So, so, so tell me about your story. You, you were playing football and then something happened, right? Yeah, so I was uh, I grew up playing sports in Washington, and um, moved around a bit. And then uh, I went and played college football in Montana for a year. Uh, did pretty good. Got like scout player of the year and whatnot. And um, it was looking good. And then I broke my leg for the third time. So um, I was like, I'm gonna start taking care of my body a little bit, you know. And so uh, I moved back home, started working. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So I picked up music again because I've always played. But um, so then I picked it up again. And now, um, like this is this is what I should have been doing the entire time. I, I mean, I don't I don't know what I was thinking. So how how so how old are you? I'm 22. I just turned 22 a couple weeks ago. So what are you, you're doing all these videos and stuff, and he's going to connect some of them to it. But what are you learning about this business? Is it pretty tough? It's, um, it's definitely a uh, a marathon. Like most people think that, and in some cases, like the whole TikTok generation. You can blow up pretty fast, but um, it's that's like winning the lottery kind of thing. But it's it's a marathon. It ain't no sprint, and it's tough, and it's hard sometimes. But it's fun. It's worth it. And, so, play something. I want them to hear you off the top because then I'll talk to you some more. But I want them to hear you. Uh, what do you want to hear? I don't know. Whatever you want to play, man. When it's something you really love. Okay. Um. So I got. Oh, shoot. I can't play my latest release because it's kind of a hard song to play, and I, I can't really play it and sing it at the same time. I'm being honest, but uh, and I don't have my guitarist here because I'm down in Florida. But um, I don't know. Pick pick a number, one or two. Two. God. Okay. I'll try. I just wrote this one like a couple days ago with one of my buddies, but uh, I'm gonna need this. this well, play what you want, man. You play the song you want to play. All right. All right. 
I'll play this one. I wrote this with my buddy Carver, and uh, I want to say a couple months ago or something like that. Got to do a little tuning. Sorry, I was not prepared at all. It's cold here. I came uh, I came down to Florida thinking it was going to be hot and warm for Thanksgiving, but that is not the case at all. Girl, I thought this dashboard dust was all I was bringing. Wave goodbye to a starlit sky as I drove into the city. They all said, you're crazy boy, you ain't no rolling stone. Didn't know the coming here is like heading home. You take me back to mud bank creeks and sun chairs on the shore. Summer from the shoulders down and drunk off this can box wine. You're living what I live for, honey, it ain't no surprise. Girl, I see my hometown in your You came up and asked me for my name and what I'm drinking. Said anything that's cold and can't, my answer got to thank you. You must be from BFE and used to introducing. I know you're far from home, but you'll get used to You take me back to Mudbank Creeks and some chairs on the shore. Summoned from the shoulders down and drunk off this can box one. You're living what I live for, honey, it ain't no surprise. Girl, I see my hometown in your eyes. Something like that. I can play that one in a second, actually. That's awesome. I went on your YouTube channel and uh, and pulled some up here. So where are you at? You're in. You live in Tennessee, though, right? Yes, sir. I live in Nashville, uh, like ten minutes out of Nashville, actually, in White's Creek. And um, but right now I'm I'm down in Florida, like Pensacola, Florida, uh -huh. for uh, the the holidays or whatnot. I I actually I was supposed to leave this morning, but then I knew I wasn't going to make it back in time to do this. So I was like, oh, I'll just stay an extra day and then leave early tomorrow because I got a wreck to get to tomorrow. So I gave you a little extra time there, huh? You did, yeah. <laughs> I can't complain. It's nice down here, man. I like it. So what's your dream? What do you want to do? Music. Music, music, music. That's it. What's, what? Uh, I'm looking on your page here. Hold okay. on. I'm <laughs> Is that the kiss your ass song? Yeah, kiss my ass. Okay, you guys, listen to this. Get 
Dude, you are really good. Thank you. I really like that. No, I think, um, yeah. And who, Ryan, who are you? Ryan West, Nice Music Found. She's Trouble on Spotify. Going to play it on my show tomorrow, four to six on KOF or CF. Where are you out of, Ryan? I know I've seen you on here before, but is that the hard part, um, Tucker, is getting people to, to hear for the first time? Or what, what's the toughest part for you that you found? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of the harder parts. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on social media or whatnot. I mean, I have like, I have a decent following and it grows every day, but like, I'm not a fan of just sitting there on my phone and like, Ooh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'd rather just do it. You know? So that's, right. that's personally the hardest part for me is like keeping my fans entertained social media wise. But, um, I mean, it's, it's hard just getting noticed, you know? And it's, it's, it's a marathon. It ain't no sprint. And at 22, when did you start this career? Um, I moved to Nashville. I, I, I'd say it didn't really start until I moved to Nashville. Um, so I moved to Nashville like a year and a month ago. And um, so I'd say it started. I played piano and guitar since I was like 11, though. And so that's when my music love started around them so who gets the videos going for you i mean how do you who comes up with that concept do you have a label or anybody like that working with you no i'm independent um one of my really good buddies slash roommate um he's he's a content creator and um he just loves helping me out 
so like by the grace of God, uh, we ran into each other and then we hit it off. Like we ran into each other my first week. I was down in Nashville, I'm pretty sure. And um, ever since then, we've just been hanging out and, you know, drinking like buddies. And he's like, dude, let's do music or let's do a video for this for this song. I'm like, OK, like that video wasn't planned for more than a week, maybe. Wow. Because we were in the studio and I invited him over. I was like, hey, come check this out. Take a couple pictures if you want. And so we're getting like studio content. And then my producer turns around to us. He goes, there could be a badass music video to this. And he goes, I was just thinking that. And then he started making phone calls, phone calls, phone calls, setting up that entire video. We set it up in a couple hours. And then the next day or the day after we went down to Georgia and shot that in a day. So don't, don't you think sometimes, I think sometimes with, with all music, um, they slick everything up too much to the point where it's not believable. And I like what your videos are. They're, they're really good quality, but they don't look like they're Hollywood. And I like yeah. that because it feels like you, you know what I mean? Like, like honest and real and that kind of thing. And, and that's probably really hard to hold on to as you get older in that business. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. Um, what's the word? Sell out. Um, a lot of artists will sell out and be like, okay, I'll just do whatever you want me to do kind of thing. Not like they don't really have like a say in who they are anymore. Uh -huh. And I'm trying to stray away from that in a sense. But um, so, so what keeps you centered? Music, the music itself, it keeps me centered. I've, I, I got too much of a love for it to sell it out to anyone, you know? And where's your mama live? Uh, Washington, uh, Longview, Washington. Do you know where that is? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. 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 Longview, Washington. So how do you get, do you guys have people then that send your music out to different radio stations to try to get them to play it or? Yeah. So I've got like a small team behind me. It's just like a, a publicist kind of thing. So like she'll get like articles written up for me or like, She'll set up interviews like this one, but with other people and um, just stuff like that. And then she'll send it out to like uh, uh, like playlisting. And I don't know. There's so much stuff that goes into it that I don't really understand. I just sit there and look pretty and hold a guitar and sing into a mic, you know, kind of thing. But so, um, so you got that you got that country back, you know, mullet kind of thing going there. Whoa. I, I actually just got a cut yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. You got the, well, still, you still got a little bit of a mullet. So do you, you get a lot of, you know, let's, let's talk about the real important stuff. Do you get a lot of women? <laughs> Man, my morals, my morals are good. My morals are strong. My mama raised me right. Um, there are perks to the business though. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tucker, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. And uh, I wish you luck. I mean, I think you're going to do really well. I, my wife's a big country fan. And I was playing that. And she goes, who is that? I said, Tucker Whitmore. Like, I knew who you were, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, we're old friends. but the different schools together, you know. And she comes over there. And, she, you know, she goes, oh, he's cute. And I said, well, <laughs> not as cute as your husband, obviously, you know. Oh, yeah, so of course. To which she didn't answer anything. So that makes me kind of aware. But I think you got what it takes, you know, and you seem like a really good guy. And I think that's what country music's supposed to be all about, you know? So let me know when you get, you know, when you get, keep climbing up there. Anytime you want to do something, I'd love to have you on. Cool. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll actually be playing a show up in your neck of the woods. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a far, because you're in Eugene, aren't you? Yep. 
I'll be up in uh, Longview. I'm doing a if you. I think they're calling it. You don't go big if you don't go home tour kind of thing. So I'll be playing a decent size show up there if you want to, you know, drive up a couple hours and check it well, out. Have you, and have your publicist let me know so I can push that out there, okay? Ooh, yeah, okay. definitely. All right, and then send me one of your songs on video, and I'll stick it on the on the on the section on here so people can see that too. Okay, I'll do that in like a couple of days because I go back yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, don't worry, yeah, no hurry, no hurry. Cool. All right, Tucker. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, see you, buddy. So that's Tucker Wetmore, uh, one of our viewers, family friend of his. Uh, she hooked me up with the interview. And once I watched the video, I'm like, dude, this guy's got everything and he needs to go. You know, he's a good looking kid, got a great voice, and you can just tell he's got a good heart. And uh, I'll take that any day uh, for people who are going to go out and make it big. So so there you go, guys. Um, that's our show for tonight. Remember to send in your email because it has to be in by 5 o'clock tomorrow night in terms of that um, stupid um, mandate phone passport crap that our state is working on. And yes, it is true. And uh, we need to stop that because that's not what Oregon is all about. And um, we don't need our governor or our government telling us uh, what we have to do. We can make our own minds up. And that's what an Oregonian is. We're not a bunch of sheep. We're a bunch of human beings who think and we need to think for ourselves and you need to get active and be aware this is going on it's not going to go away unless we push back so it's time to push tomorrow night um, we're going to be talking to alvord taylor a wonderful organization in town that takes care of people doesn't really take care of that's a wrong word they assist people with different abilities so they have uh 60 people in their care i think 15 different homes hundreds of employees, and they give people with different abilities the ability to have their own life. And it's super important what they do. They're going to come on tomorrow, talk with us. Um, they're one of our new clients, and uh, they're also going to explain to us they're looking for people to work um, and why it's a good job and why it's something that would be really satisfying for a lot of people out there. So that's tomorrow night. Plus, uh, Kim will be here with Elements Health Clubs, and we're going to be talking about fitness and health. Uh, since our government um, only deals with uh, COVID on a reactionary point of view, and I've been a high big critic of them not teaching people how to get healthy because the people, most of them who are dying and succumbing to this disease or this virus are people who are not living healthy lifestyles. And so why not push that instead of all the fear? Why not give you something positive that you can do besides trying to scare the hell out of you. So we're going to do that with Elements Health Club out of Springfield. So have a good night. We'll be back. Share this on your page so other people see that story and that show. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Good night.